This is Vern Benham Grimsley with the Spiritual Renaissance broadcast. Dateline, London, England. Reuters News Service reports that the latest dictionary of English and American word usage, titled The Longman Register of New Words, includes this listing as a new word. It's the name of a disease which afflicts wealthy people. And the name of this disease, affluenza which is defined in this dictionary as a psychological disturbance arising from an excess of wealth, affluenza. Recently, at a society charity auction held here in the Sierra Mountains of California near Yosemite, I heard one woman remark as a diamond ring was being auctioned off by the auctioneer, if I get any more diamond rings, I'm going to have to grow more fingers. True story, but what about this issue of the acquisition of wealth? If it really is the secret of happiness, the secret of joy, the secret of living a satisfied and fulfilled life, then why is it that according to this new dictionary of English and American usage, it can give you affluenza, described as a psychological disturbance, a mental illness derived from the possession of too much wealth and the psychological and mental and emotional problems attending the acquisition of great wealth. And why is it that the master teacher of all master teachers declared of wealth that it simply is not enough for spiritual satisfaction and joy? He said, what shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world but lose his own soul? There is no permanent happiness without the finding and knowing of God. It is in the spiritual life that genuine gladness of heart and enthusiasm for living is to be found. That word enthusiasm is from the Greek en and theos, meaning literally filled with God or God within. And declare the master the kingdom of God is within you. Do not say it's over here, it's over there. Don't look for it externally, said Jesus. For the kingdom of God is within you. And he said, Be not content to lay up your treasure, your wealth, upon the earth where moth and rust corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. He said, Lay up your treasure in heaven, in heaven, where moth and rust do not corrupt, where thieves do not break through and steal. He said, Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And he once told the story of a wealthy man, a farmer, whose barns and granaries were so full of grain and the harvests that he said, I'm going to have to pull down my old barns and build new ones just to hold the excess of the possessions, the wealth, the harvest, the fruit of the field which I possess. But the story goes on that later that evening he heard a voice saying, Thou fool, this night shall thy soul be required of thee. He died that very evening. What shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world but lose his own soul? There was a young man, a wealthy, rich young man, who came to Jesus. And this lad had kept the commandments from his youth for which Jesus commanded him. But he said, Go and sell all you have and give the money to the poor. And this young man, wealthy as he was, turned and sorrowfully walked away. It was a price he was not willing to pay. 
said the master, be not anxious about tomorrow. Consider the lilies of the field, the flowers. They don't spin nor sow, but he said, not Solomon in all his glory was arrayed as one of these. Your father, listen to this, your father, God, said Jesus, knows what things you need even before you think to ask. God knows all things. God knows your real needs, not just your wants, your preferences, your desires, those things which you imagine or suppose might make you happy. Like about a two-year-old little girl I saw once in a public park. She saw a bumblebee on a flower, entranced, enraptured, fascinated by it. She toddled over to catch this bumblebee. It flew off, and she followed it from flower to flower, trying to capture it, and at last was weeping and crying, hot tears streaming down her chubby cheeks because she could not catch this bee. She thought she wanted that bee. It would make her happy. That was her quest. That was her purpose. That was her ideal. That's what she wanted that afternoon in that park. But her mother saw the situation and called this little girl back to her because what that little girl wanted, what she thought she desired with all her heart that would make her happy, would in fact sting her and cause her greater unhappiness. The things you think you want, the material possessions, the affluence, the wealth, the gold, the jewelry, the diamonds, the stock certificates, the bullion, the... You name it, it's an endless list, the mutual funds, the Swiss bank account, and all the other things which you think are going to make you happy, and a four-car garage, and four cars in the four-car garage, one car for each direction. You can go anywhere you want. You think all that will make you happy. But the truth of the matter is you can pile up thing upon thing upon thing upon possession, upon wealth, upon affluence, and sit there miserable. Why is it that at one point the wealthiest man on this planet Earth said he would give all his wealth, everything he had, for one successful marriage. One truly happy, loving human relationship. He's also the one who said that money is like manure. If you don't spread it around, it sits there and stinks. You have to be doing something with your wealth, with your affluence. Suppose you have earned a great amount of money and wonder why it hasn't made you happy. Because in the greatest sermon, the Sermon on the Mount, joyous, happy are... Happy are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Happy are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Are you a peacemaker? Not just a peaceful person, but a peacemaker. Are you a person who brings peace to situations when there is tension, when there are animosities, hostilities, truculence, abrasions between different people? Can you make peace? Can you bring love? Can you bring light and life and joy and forgiveness? We're taught to pray, forgive us our debts or our trespasses, our wrongs, our sins, as we forgive those who trespass against us, as we forgive our debtors. We expect or we pray, we supplicate to be forgiven by God even as we forgive others, which presupposes we are forgiving others, that we are showing mercy and consideration and kindliness toward others. Jesus said, Blessed are you when all manner of evil is spoken against you, when you are reviled and persecuted for my sake. He said, Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. The real happiness of human life is spiritual. It is in the finding and knowing of God. It requires from you your personal commitment to give your life to God who loves you, 
with an everlasting love, with an almost blinding affection, with a love which will not let you go, who cares for you, has mercy, forgiveness, newness of life, inspiration, satisfaction, spiritual serenity inside in your soul so that you know you belong in this universe. You're not here as some cosmic accident, a captionless cartoon, a joke, the accidental juxtaposition of a sperm and an ovum, and you came to be, but there's no higher purpose. No, you are a child of God, the very God who is God of galaxies and solar systems and all of outer space and light years upon light years of all this universe of universes. This God loves you. This God knows your name. This God knows how many hairs there are on your head, every freckle on the back of your neck, every eyelash, how many times you bat your eyelashes, and what you had for breakfast yesterday. God knows everything about you, inside and out. God was there when you were born. God knows and cares about you. You're a son or daughter of God. You're infinitely valuable. You are somebody. As the bumper sticker says, God doesn't make junk. You are somebody. God has a plan for this planet and a purpose for your life, a will, which you can do, but it requires of you your decision. It requires of you commitment. If a surgeon desires to become a master at his or her profession... He or she must commit to it. If a young musical student aspires to become a concert pianist or violinist, it likewise requires unrelenting discipline and dedication to become an expert at carpentry, for example. My father was a carpenter. I have many good friends who are carpenters. To become expert at it requires commitment. Or at masonry, architecture, computer programming, writing poetry, gourmet cooking, any skill or trade or profession, if you truly desire to excel, to achieve the highest echelons of any enterprise or undertaking, you must unreservedly and resolutely commit yourself to that. Half-hearted resolutions and partial purposes will avail you not. Great achievement is the result of great aspiration. The archer will shoot the arrow no higher than he aims, and you yourself will accomplish no more in the living of your life than you aspire to accomplish, than you truly desire and are willing and want to accomplish. It all begins in your interior thoughts, your feelings, your attitudes. You hold your own future in your own hand because you hold your own future within your mind. What are your plans, your ideals, your purposes and proclivities? What do you want to do? What do you want to be? This is the beginning of everything in your inner life. You can't dance to a tune you don't hear, and you can't live up to an ideal you don't have. You can't carry out a plan unless you've thought of one, and you can't live a great life without having a great life purpose. And that is born of your interior life, your spiritual life, and your soul, and your living relation to the living God. For you are a son or daughter of the deity, infinitely valuable as a son or daughter of God. All the wealth, all the emeralds, diamonds, and jewels in the world will never bring you the happiness that the simple ability to pray to God, to talk to your Heavenly Father, to share your life with God and live fearless of life and fearless of death, knowing you belong here, 
that you are an infinitely valuable, beloved child of the creator of it all, whose spirit indwells your mind and the greatest joy in all of human life. And it can begin for you now or you can renew it. You can reaffirm it this very moment listening to this worldwide radio broadcast. It all begins in your purpose, your intent. If you'll make that great commitment and dare to pray, great God, it is my will that yours be done. And for free literature on the spiritual life, write to us at the Spiritual Renaissance Institute, Post Office Box 3080, Oakhurst, California, 93644, USA. This is a non-sectarian, non-profit program proclaiming the dawning spiritual renaissance, the fatherhood of God and the brotherhood of man, the worldwide family of God. And so for now, this is Vern Benham Grimsley saying, May God's will be done by you. <laughs>